Joe Orth and I are starting a podcast. What should we call it? Hey, don't pick on me. You know why? Because this is why. Well, let's see what he says. The Joe Show. <laughs> Give Joe the business. That's right. Cup of Joe. Cup of Joe. What is happening here? Would you listen? We'll give you a chance. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> That's Joe. That's Rooster. What's happening, bro? Oh, wait. I got to tell us what's going on. This, this is uh, Spotlight Saturday. No, this is. Oh, and this is the Together We Shall podcast episode 20. <laughs> wow. That was, man, you think it was our first time. What's happening, bro? Kicking it, man. Kicking it. For everybody that can't uh, see Joe, he's wearing his uh, most fabulous shirt today. You want to explain what you're wearing? It's my I Am McLovin from the movie Superbad shirt. It's uh, the fake ID that he got. And uh, this podcast does not endorse uh, underage drinking. Um, But the fake ID that he got, it's just that giant picture uh, on a a black T-shirt. Yeah, it's hilarious. And I think you can pick one up at Target where they also have the Nirvana shirt that I've been uh, known to wear. I, uh, yeah, Target, and as I was in there yesterday, and uh, Kohl's, the selection that Kohl's has of those, like, not vintage, but like those, like, I got a Taco Bell one, I got a Safe Ferris Bueller one. They're awesome, and they're like eight bucks. I want to be clear they are vintage, and you are. Is it vintage? 40. Yeah, but like, you're not 20 anymore. Yeah, fair. What is the definition of vintage? Like, what is I don't know. I'm sure you, yeah. I'm sure you can Google that while I tell everybody what I um, have been up to since the last episode. And everybody that listened to 19, which of course is everybody that can hear my voice right now, knows that we had PJ on, and he left us with something that was pretty powerful. He talked about a TED Talk, the lollipop story. And I don't want to get into the, all the details of the lollipop story, um, but I do want to say that I took some time to listen to that TED Talk and this idea of being in a position where your impact in the world is measured not really by those moments that you even remember, but by those moments that change somebody else's life and you never had a clue. And it's like, wow, the guy's name yeah. is uh, Drew, Drew Dudley, Drew. leading yeah. with lollipops. I found the one that was on TEDx Canada or Toronto. Six yeah. minutes. Cor- correct. Yeah, that same one. And uh, so six minutes, not three or four, PJ. Um, he starts out with like, how many of you in this room right now would would say you you are a leader? I was into it already. Like I was intrigued by what PJ said. But then I was like, because like I was like that probably I probably would not have raised my hand because I don't ever raise my hand to things like that. But like that, uh, I mean, like maybe how are you asking? Like in what context? Like what's the situation? I was like, man, that that's me. It's a great hook. Yeah, it's a great way to jump into it. And and he goes on to there from there. But, you know, I'm not trying to take everybody's attention away from the The Other We Shall podcast and push them to a TEDx talk Toronto. But I will tell you that it resonated with me after I listened to it. And I started thinking of moments in my life where maybe I had a chance to be a leader by doing something for someone else. And I don't have any recollection of it at all. I was thinking about yeah. running a race, giving somebody a wristband and it like changed their life and like. I don't know. That that's leadership, and our listeners, there we are leaders in the space of ag- ag- advocacy and education for others, and you don't even realize your impact. Thank you, PJ, for turning me on to that TED talk. 
I appreciated Drew Dudley's uh, approach on leadership, having done numerous weekly words on leadership and revisited it. I've never approached it from that point. I've always said, in most recent years, I've always said, providing opportunity for others to excel. And that's very similar to what Drew's saying, but it's not the same thing. Drew's saying, like, just by being there in a moment and doing something at your core that really means something to you, you don't even know the impact in that moment that you could have on the trajectory of somebody's life. And honestly, I was reminded by our guest's most recent social media post, an encounter that she had with her with her youngest son, Declan. And, and I hope that we can get into that at some point, but I, I can't jump that fast into this podcast. Um, we have to take some time to slow down right now. Christy High is with us. Drew, Drew. I just called you Drew, Joe, because of Drew Dudley. It's really weird. Um, now I'm thinking you're Drew Dudley, the guy that gave the lollipop strategy speech. That was strange. Um, I probably should edit that out. But this is I'm weird. just as confused about that as I am the definition of vintage. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi, Christy. You couldn't take it anymore. She's like, hey, guys, I, I can't. I can't hold in the laughter anymore. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. We're so happy to be here today. Yeah, you said we. What's going on? You got you got a, a, a what do they say a, a mouse in your pocket? I I do I do I have Kendall Jade here beside me. Yes, hello Kendall Jade. How are you today? Oh, I, she, she's I, looking I, around for you. I don't think she can I, see you as well on the screen. I'm oh, not in the room. But, okay, well this is fun. So we've got Christy and Kendall, uh, aka Kendall Jade, and they're going to join us here. Christy, where are you, uh, and why? Are you on the Together We Shall podcast? Okay, so I am located in a little town called Rusheville, Indiana. I'm a teacher. I am a mother, a wife. I'm a Mimi. I have three grandchildren. I am a sister and a daughter and a friend. And I am also a local ambassador for Ainsley's Angels of America, as well as a senior ambassador director. Take us back. When when did you meet Joe? Do you remember that first encounter? Was I he, do. Was he eating cheese curds? What was the deal? He was not. Um, so I, I technically met both of you in 2016. Um, but like for me, the actual way we all came to be in the same space today started way before that, because I I believe that if you look back longitudinally, longitudinally on your life, you'll see that there's little things that pop up and little patterns and connections. And I think that everything happens for a reason even if you can't see or discern the reason for it in that moment. And so like, just like everything that's happened so far in my life, and there have been certain events and certain experiences that I've had that have led me to this, to this meeting with you guys today, then those other experiences were leading up to the times where I met both of you for the first time. Mm, profound. Who knew? That's, Look at this lady. I, I didn't think we would be talking about, you know, longitude and, Potentially latitude <laughs> later, but like we're waiting for you to say Russiaville, and then for Chrissy to say no, it's not Russiaville. It's, it's Russiaville. <laughs> no, been told more than once about Russiaville. Russiaville. I do remember though, like when you know going back longitudinally, right, and after sunset when um, you submitted to be a ambassador and on yeah. the application. Uh, I saw it again. I was like, man, this, where, why is like Russiaville in Indiana? Like, what is this? It's like the, there's a Paris, what, Paris, Texas, you know, there's weird cities and in, in states. I thought it was where they filmed Red Dawn. 
Like I was like, maybe that's where Red Dawn was filmed. <laughs> Wolverines. Yeah, but I'm sure Ruscheville's existed since, you know, 1897 when it was founded or something. Been around a hot minute. Yeah, which is like, well before Red Dawn, but anyway. Anyway, I, I don't know, dude. I just know it's Miller time. That moment in the show when everybody grabs their favorite beverage <laughs> and allows us to regroup, refit, and reset. So today, uh, Kendall's with us. Uh, Mom, make sure that she has an uh, opportunity to participate, please. I uh, do. So do Kendall's Miller here? time. Kendall's Miller time, her liquid Miller time goes on a schedule, but I brought a little something extra for her to do because she enjoys oral pleasure feeds. So she has a blueberry mixture. Do you want a bite? Uh, yes. Is it, a, is it a yogurt? Um, no, I actually have to make it from scratch because she's on the ketogenic diet for her seizures. Mm-hmm. And so it's blueberries and cream and cream cheese, and they all have to be measured out exactly, and then we blend it into a puree. So let's, what did you what did you call that the oral pleasure? Uh, it's an oral pleasure feed. So her calories don't de- she doesn't depend on it to get her caloric needs during the day. It's just extra, God. like a snack. I love that. Just like Miller time, it's extra. That's Miller right. Loves oral, uh, what is it? Uh, oral what? Pleasure feeding. Pleasure, pleasure feeding. Well, yeah, yeah. I, let's not <laughs> go down that path <laughs> any any right. more than. Uh, where where would you where would you like to go, sir? Just one, just side, quick sidebar, not even like 10 seconds. There's also a Peru, Indiana, just north of Rusheville. So that's a whole nother yes. conversation. But the um, oral, I'm trying to remember what I was going to say. Pleasure feeds, calories, a brain shut down because you <laughs> sidetracked me with what would I uh, apparent, I'll, I'll, apparently I'll like. But... Christy mentioned that Kendall has seizures. So for those listeners and viewers, like who's Kendall? My oldest biological child, but she's my second oldest. My husband and I, he, when we met, he actually had a little girl named Haley, who um, I would consider my first child um, because I loved her from the get go. And there's a seizure right now. Well, on cue. So. On cue. She's okay. Unless she starts crying, we're okay. So she'll just kind of go about it, and we'll be done in a minute. But if our is, if, if people are watching and this doesn't get edited out, then that's what's going on right now. It will not be edited out. This is all part of the Together We Shout podcast. And what you're doing right now, mom, caregiver, you know, lover of your first biological child, like you're demonstrating something that not everybody gets to witness every single day. And you're doing it just with such ease and um and and giving us calm that everything's going to be okay so it's awesome. yeah good word calm because i mean as those that are viewing can see christy's not you know panicking or, or anything um because obviously she knows what she's doing she's back joe said she's back like she no, like she went not. somewhere this is, yeah this is still the this is still the seizure <clears throat> They get they get kind of involved. When you guys have had her on a run and she's had a seizure, a lot of times it looks like she startles or she might shake a little bit, but sometimes they get really big. So right now she's pretty pretty involved here, pretty convulsive. Yeah. I maybe she doesn't I, like blueberries. Oh no, know. she loves blueberries. Okay. This is her favorite food. I promise. 
So do you want me to continue to ask questions? Yeah, no, you can still ask questions. I'm good. I'm just Haley legs. Got it. So Haley, Kendall Jade, uh, your second child, your first biological. Now, did you know of Haley when Kendall Jade was born? Like, had you met Eric already? Yeah, right. Because that's. Yes. So. (laughs) So. (laughs) Math in public. (laughs) I don't know what just happened. Let's flip around here. Um, Because I couldn't have Kendall without Eric, so. (laughs) I don't even know what, dude, that was, okay, Eric D, bro, fist pumps, man. I'm sorry. I don't know what just happened. Um, No, he's fine. Kendall. So. (laughs) Wait, let me me do that again. Hold on. This is funny. Wait, wait. So, Christy, um, did you you know Haley whenever Kendall Jake was born? I totally did. 100% of the time I knew her. Yes. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. So the the story of how Eric and I met is a little funny. Um, I was in college. I was Christmas shopping. He was working at what used to be called a music land. He was a manager there. And we went in and we talked and we left. And my friend said, you should go back. I think he was into you. So I went back several times that week to try to see if he was working and he wasn't. So the next weekend I went in. And he was working, and my friend and I went into the store like five different times. Musicland is not a big store. It was very, I was very obvious, I'm sure. And um, when I left, he was like, maybe next time you come in, you want to give me your number. And I was like, well, maybe I want to give it to you now. And the rest is history. <laughs> like, that wow. was, he called me, we had a date. Um, I met I met Haley when she was about... Five and a half months old. I fell in love with her from the beginning. She was just his whole world. Um, she's his mini me, except she has blonde hair instead of, you know, my husband's a ginger for people who, who haven't met him. And, um, and, and we were just a little family of three and we got married in 97. And I always knew that I wanted to be a mom. I always knew I was meant to be a mom. I love children. I love babies. Um, and I didn't have any reason to believe prior to 1997 that that would be an issue for us, but it was an issue. And we, you know, went through a waiting period, about 18 months. And when things weren't happening, I started doing fertility treatments. And then we started increasing the intensity of the fertility treatments. So we went, first it was, it's a, there's an oral pill called Clomid. And we did that. Then we did Clomid plus injections. Then we did Clomid plus injections. Um, it's okay, Kendall. Clomid plus injections plus um, artificial insemination. And we just didn't have any dice. Excuse me. Yes, Kendall. We might have to. We, I don't, Kendall. I don't, she, she may be getting upset with us here. Sometimes after okay. a seizure like that, she's tired and we have to take go to bed. You want to bite? Okay. Oh. Is what it is. So we'll, see, we'll see for a minute. Perfect. Take we'll give her some more blueberries and see what happens here. Hey, let's Kindle take change. 10 seconds. Oh, okay. Joe's got to do something. Sure. <laughs> okay. I don't know that I'm taking 10 seconds. I'm going to just say, hey, Kendall J, welcome to the show. Um, verbally excited to, to, to hear your voice. Um, I don't think that you're trying to share with me anything exciting. I think what's happening is Kendall's saying, Mom, I hear Rooster's voice, but we're not going for a run. We're sitting here in front of this camera. And I think she's just not happy about that. And you know what, Kendall? I'm sorry. We're, we're going to have to coordinate something at some point. 
Totally. I, I did. I did go for a run today, Kendall Jane. I did think about you because I was preparing mentally for this podcast today. And it took me all the way back to, to December of 2016. I'm sorry, 2015, whenever I um, was asked by Tim of I run for if I wanted to have a chance to be uh, paired with someone and that he thought he might have someone in mind. And I was like, well, I, there's a list for that, Tim. And, and, and but you're the president, you're in charge. And he's like, well, I, I just think it'd be great to get you paired up. And I, I'd like to get this cycle going. And uh, you're probably going to get paired in the next in the next um, announcement, which came on the first of the year. Right. It was January 1st, 2016. Right, Christy? It was. It was. And the funny thing is, is that I had put Kendall's name in on Christmas Eve of 2015 and having read the information on the website knew that it should be like 12 to 18 months before she was paired. So I was totally not expecting to be paired with someone um, that quickly. Well, I did not realize, even if I did, I forgot. So you put her in on 24 December and my run streak started on 25 December. So like it's quite, and I didn't obviously know anything, but like, so you're telling me that my run streak started on Kendall's first day in the, in the, in the pot to get, to, to get paired. And then a week later, we got paired and became uh, I Run For Buddies, which for all our our listeners that don't know how that works, we talked a little bit about it with Team Two for One. Basically, an able-bodied person somewhere in the world dedicates their miles and runs for one who is typically not um, running due to many different reasons. Um, And I thought that was a cool thing, and I was grateful for the opportunity. But, of course, Ainsley's Angels is about running with people. So for a minute there, I was like, well, wait. How does that work? Like, I, I don't want to run for somebody. I want to run with somebody. But I couldn't always run with somebody who lives far away. So it was a good thing. And as as history will tell, it actually its timing was uh, quite perfect when it comes to my life and the things that happened over the following you know months and years. So, yeah, that's that's how we first met. Suddenly, Kendall's chilling. She she likes the she likes the blueberry stuff. You know, food, food makes you happy, right? You think about what things you like to eat and how it makes you feel afterwards. She's the same. Yeah, that's awesome. Or that's right. what food makes you unhappy as we started the podcast. <laughs> and we're spiraling down again. <laughs> but you know what? Like, if we talk about, like, tangents, right? That Ragnar started the um, travel journey, everything started with a bang food wise for rooster justin and i rooster do you remember uh, are we talking about uh, chicago style pizza is that where we're going yeah we okay. we landed and went you know threw a bag into a hotel and got into an uber for downtown chicago and went to lou malnati's and three people who've never had deep dish pizza you know at what some people say is you know one of the top spots in Chicago, and that thing, uh, it was good. It, it, yeah, it was, was good. Tasty. It was crazy because I would all I could do is think of Tupac's song where he where he sings Luminati, and like, but he's not saying that. <laughs> anyway, this is this is almost as bad as my love for hockey in the 1950s. What's his name? How? Anyway, Gordy How, yeah. But like, cause anyway. then there a lot like. A lot happened that Ragnar, because then we went like three dudes that can like we can eat, you know, 
and I remember like we didn't know what size to get, and the waitress is like, "Get this size," and we're like, "Eh, well, we'll get that size." Then we got like sides or appetizers or something, and then we were like, "Yeah, get we can't have any more of this." Like, yeah, you know, we did it's a monster. We did not finish our pizza. It was wild. And then Christy, as you can attest, because I took you and Kendall Jade up there a couple of years later, I took Joe and Justin to the top of the tower, the old Sears Tower, now called the Willis Tower. And dude, that was when I discovered that Joe can jump out of an airplane, but he's scared of heights. And I never knew that could happen. And uh, yeah, this, um, what's the Spotlight Saturday episode? It's out there where Joe oh. is at the top of the Willis Tower, terrified. Anyway, I, I, Hello, I'm Kim Rooster Rossiter and 103 floors over top of Chicago. This is Justin, Justin. and Joe. Is, is Joe going to join us? Too scared. Is, is Joe going to join us? Joe doesn't like it. Oh my God. Yeah, like my, my palms are sweating. Right like now. I, I did not enjoy that. <laughs> but you all. did it. But you did it. I've realized now that I'm at a point with heights where if I get a real, real high level, um, like a big bridge or something, I actually have a feeling um, in my anatomy that kind of tingles. And I'm like, whoa, dude, this is weird, man. And I, I can't. What? I didn't say it. Y'all are laughing at me. But but when you all I could picture is like. A flashback, essentially, to to. Uh, episode 19 with pj and his uh glow and yeah. other things and it just yeah yeah no i don't anyway okay i don't so so christy i'm like let's do this i run we do this i run four thing we're, we're crushing it in 16 uh and then at some point along the way i'm like hey y'all should come to the sunset 5k because instead of like running for you i'd like to run with you kendall jade and y'all did it Y'all actually came to the Sunset 5K. That was cool. Thank you for that. No, I want to thank you for extending the invitation because such a thing had never even entered into my mind. Um, and and when you first suggested it, I was like, that's so far away. That's like almost in Texas. And you said, well, but you're a teacher. And I said, yeah. And you said, what else are you doing this summer? And I said, oh, fair point. Point made, right? And so I convinced my husband and and we go down and we just experience like you've been there you know what what that experience is I hadn't felt that kind of feeling that kind of um just enveloping feeling since we had had Kendall's make-a-wish in 2011 um you know, and when you get a, you've had a Make-A-Wish rooster, and we even had, and hang on a minute. Okay. Are you ready for another bite? Do you want another bite? Okay, that's what she wants. I'm not being fast enough. Sorry. Anyway. Got it. Kendall, Kendall Jade is just like Joe Orth. Who knew it? <laughs> Dude, have you ever seen Joe hungry? Same thing. Well done, Kendall. <laughs> so, um. Like Rooster, you've had to make a wish with Ainsley, and you know that that experience is is life changing on so many levels. And and at home, a lot of times you might feel like you and your family are in the minority because 
you take your kiddo who uses a wheelchair or he uses a communication device or who, you know, needs all kinds of different supports. You take them out somewhere and you're the only one like yourselves out where you are. And it's daunting because people stare and you don't know how to respond because at this time we're still really young and haven't grown as much um, personally and and everything in in like just speaking and saying like hey I noticed you're looking at my daughter her name's Kendall and she can't say hi to you but she loves if people talk to her and kind of inviting that when instead I would feel more like we wanted to stay inside because at home it was our our safe haven because by this time in 2011 not only did I have Kendall with her um, you know, medically complex needs. We also had Donovan, um, who was born in 2006. And it wasn't long after he was born that I knew something was different. And when he was about four, we ended up with a diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder. And being a parent coping with, you know, two kiddos with differing special needs, um, you kind of run a gamut. And, and people talk about, you know, highs and lows. And I, I refer to talk about them as like pinnacles and abysses, because when you're high, you're really high. You know, Kendall, Kendall sat up ind independently for the first time when she was seven years old. And I remember how excited I was and how, I, how much joy that video still brings me because Facebook memories, it pops up every year in November. And I can re relive a little bit of that. But, um, you know, when you're low, you're low and, and it can take a while to dig yourself out of that spot. And so when we got the Make-A-Wish, we went from being in this place where we're kind of alone to going to, you know, give kids the world where people have different stories, but they're all like us. They all have medically complex kids. They know what it's like to have a life full of therapy appointments and doctor's appointments and surgeries and to just constantly have things interrupted. Um, you know, when parents have a newborn baby, they expect that for, for the first year or so, they're not gonna get a good night's sleep. Well, Kendall's 18. I haven't had a good night's sleep in 18 years because she's in many ways like a newborn baby. And we still have night wakenings. We still have things that we go through up and down. She still has a monitor. You know, we use a baby, a baby monitor um, to monitor her when we're not in the room with her, things like that. So, you know, here we go to give kids the world. And for the first time in our lives, everything's about her, which it was about her before, but it was about her, but not because it was focused on her convalescence, her, her, you know, gaining new abilities and things like that. It was just a celebration. And it filled my heart so full to just be with people who got us and then to leave it was almost like another abyss I cried and cried and cried when we left because I didn't know when I was going to get that feeling again and then lo and behold we come to sunset and we go to Christy Cormier's house that night and um, for the dinner and everybody's there and just I know Christy mentioned it on her podcast, like it, nothing was a big deal to anybody. People have tube feedings, people are, 
you know, kids are in their chairs. They had a little movie theater set up watching a movie in one of the rooms. You know, we're, we're just talking and laughing and everybody being together. And, you know, it's I always liken it. And I tell people that are thinking about joining us that to come to an event like that is is it's a flip for us because it's where the minority becomes the majority. And just that feeling of just other people being in that same space with you and getting you and you're all gelling and, you know, you meet people that you've talked to online before, but you haven't really met them. But then you feel like you've known them your whole life. It was just amazing. It was just totally amazing for us. It's a place where you can unapologetically be yourself. And and I'm stealing that language from Briley because she often uses that to help me understand a lot of things and and the things I'm talking about are like all the things in America and how sometimes we can't go places and unapologetically be ourselves. But when we find something that allows us to be who we are at our core and to be not judged in that space, it does bring you to a pinnacle, a pinnacle of acceptance, a pinnacle of belonging, a pinnacle of I want more of that, which is frankly, Christy, why you decided to bring Ainsley's Angel shortly after that to your community. And since then, I lost track of how many times, not only did you have a race in your community, but how many times you left to go on destination events. You're probably the most traveled Ainsley's Angels family in, in, in 35,000 of us, because to now that I get it, and I always got it, but I really get it now, because you like to be in places where you can unapologetically be yourself and be at the high, be in that pinnacle. Boom. And and that's exactly it. And when we're in those spaces, that's when she is many times, when Kendall is many times at her pinnacle. And then that feeds something inside of me. And then I bring it back and it feeds that desire to bring that to our families so that our families here locally can experience that feeling and that joy and that sense of belonging. You know, we, we just all want to be a part of something, right? So I just, I, I, I just want to bring that back to our families, um, especially like kiddos with complex needs. And I'm sure that I'm sure that you and Lori experienced this with Ainsley. You reach a point where it, they can be hard to shop for. Birthdays and Christmas can be a very difficult time because how many toy pianos do you need? How many light up swirly balls do you need in your life? Um, but if that's what they like, then that's what they get, you know. And so Eric and I decided a long time ago that our focus was going to be on experiences, experiences that she might not get otherwise. And experiences that we could make with our whole family, because we know that Kendall may not always be with us. And, and at some point when she's not with us, we want to have those memories and those those experiences to cherish and to hold on to um, when we can't have her with us anymore. And so, you know, that's that's one of the reasons why we seem to travel so much is like Eric and I don't buy gifts for each other at Christmas and anniversaries and birthdays. Instead, put that back and and plan on, you know, driving to Lake Charles or (laughs) driving to Dolphin Island to the beach or doing something where we can have that experience for our family. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I hope there's somebody out there listening to this that picks up on that experience over things you know a hero the e stands for creating exceptional opportunities and experiences for others 
So you're definitely fulfilling the E in hero for your children. And, and we've talked about um, Haley and we've talked about Kendall Jade and we've talked about Donovan very shortly. Um, but of course we can't be remiss if we didn't talk about Declan. My gosh, like Declan, what a ball of energy. He reminds me so much of Camden, so much of, of frankly, your son, Owen, Joe. Um, Declan is, yeah, he's, he's, we're all special, but Declan, wow. He, he is special and he was a surprise for us. Um, we had always Same. wanted, I know, we'd always wanted to, I, Lori told me that story one time. <laughs> That's a different uh, show. Um, yes, yes. But I, yes. I can relate. So we wanted to have another one. Um, I had, I had had a miscarriage, um, and then Haley got pregnant in between her, uh, well, it would have been, I don't know, about her junior year, she got pregnant somewhere in the beginning of her junior year. And so my husband and I were like, well, we're not going to be doing fertility treatments anymore to have another baby. because now we're going to be helping her raise, you know, our grandchild. And so we kind of threw ourselves into that. And that's the path that we were taking. And Tierney Marie came along and she is, you know, my first grandchild. And she and I have a very special relationship. And then when Tierney was about nine months old, I started feeling sick. And I had gone through some other health problems prior to that. And we thought it was under control, but I was just feeling so tired. And I was like, oh no, I'm going to have to go back to the doctor. I'm going to have to go through these treatments again. And I'm late, I'm, I'm at work talking to my teacher's aide. And by this, cause this, by this time I'm a special ed teacher. I didn't start like that. I started out as an elementary school teacher and then moved to special education, but I'm talking to my paraprofessional. And I said, I said, Aaron, I'm still listening to you, but I'm so tired. I just have to lay on the ground. And she said, oh, my God, Christy, are you pregnant? Didn't It never had occurred to me that we would be able to conceive without fertility treatments. It just never even popped into my mind that that could be the problem. But then I went home and that's all I could think about. So I snuck out to the store. I didn't want to tell Eric and bought a test. And sure enough, it was positive, but I still didn't tell him. I went to work the next day and called the doctor's office and got an appointment for a blood test. And I had to come home because um, he had to run an errand first or whatever. And then he's, he's back and I'm like, okay, I gotta go. And he goes, where are you going? I said, well, I need to go to the hospital. And he goes, well, why do you have to go to the hospital? Cause I can't lie, I'm terrible. And he goes, why do you have to go to the hospital? He's getting all concerned. And I go, well, I need to get some blood work done. And he goes, but why? And I go, um, cause I'm pregnant. And he goes, stop. And he just starts laughing. He co totally couldn't believe it. And, and we were, and that was Declan, um, totally just out of the blue, but I'm so glad that he's ours. He is so special. And I just love that, you know, our other kids are a little older and he's still young. He's eight. He has all these possibilities and this imagination and all this energy and he's so much fun. And I just, I just am so, so glad that he's ours. Yeah. Joe, what do you want to say, man? Me and Chris have been having a conversation over here. <laughs> yeah, I think like the experience over um, things. Do you want another bite? That's an experience. <laughs> Is that good, Kendall? She's thinking about it. She was asleep there for a minute. The seizures kind of take a lot out of her. 
You might go ahead and come get her just in case. I think she might need a nap. Oh, we're going to have a special guest? Yes, is my, it, my partner it, in crime is going to come help us out. Previously referred to as Eric's a ginger? Yes. <laughs> I used to. I used to think that was a bad word, but like, I guess that's no. the deal. Actually, let me ask Eric when he gets here, like, is that cool to refer to people with pale complexions and red hair as gingers? I think it can be, the complexion doesn't necessarily matter, right? Just like, I mean, I don't know. Teach me. I don't know. Oh, he went to put a hat on. <laughs> he says his hair is a mess. <laughs> oh. I, I, well, I mean, I, I got to Brewster wants to ask you a question. I, I got to yeah. see the hair. Yeah, dude. So Christy said you were a ginger. And I I want you to teach me as a, quote, ginger, is that acceptable? Is that a derogatory term? Like, are we are we name calling you? Or do people of light skin and red hair refer to themselves as ginger? Help help us educate us. Sarah, now please. that I'm older, it's cool. When I was a kid, teenager, it was not. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Of course, being a ginger is a lot cooler now than it used to be in the old days. Okay. So, what does Kendall, Kendall think about ginger? Yeah. yeah. I know. Okay, so yeah. Joe, you were saying something about experiences. Well, we've said it probably in every episode, right? It's the experience for the whole family, right? It's, yeah, Kendall's running. But now, you know, Declan's been running for a few years now. Donovan's doing interviews. You should have the mic uh, for for the podcast, you know. And then, you know, you brought in family with, you know, Ramsey running, you know. And it's that experience for, for all of you is is great. And I love seeing families do that, you know. Like the the Macintosh family's traveling right now, you know. And everyone's, everyone's involved. So as we've said... Like I said, probably every episode, like it's not about the race or whatever event it is there. It's everything leading up to the, the start line and then from the finish line on. So. In some cases, there are moments during the running that will live with you forever. I mean, I, I can think of some that Kendall and I, Kendall, Jade and I have shared. You know, our very first run together had a chance to actually have Donovan cross the finish line with us, you know, and um, the impact we talked about, you know, Drew Dudley's leading with lollipops. Like, I had no idea when I turned around to go get Donovan to cross the finish line with sister. In my mind, it was like, this just makes sense. But to look back on it, like it had a significant impact in the trajectory of Donovan's life to the point where he's became a runner and has since retired from running. Like what a journey, <laughs> you know, um, you don't think about that stuff until you think about that stuff. Or if somebody tells you so like Donovan actually in his retirement from running speech, he actually like extended uh, gratitude for that experience. And how old is Donovan now? He's 16, 15. 15 years old. He's been saying things, and I think somewhat due to his experience running, he's been saying things that have been so profound, well beyond his years, um, that maybe if he wasn't on the course experiencing that and sharing those moments with sister, that, well, frankly, he wouldn't have those perspectives that could lead to the profound things that he says. So it becomes a family thing. And like Joe said, traveling all these places – but I did want to just highlight that there are examples that there are the run can have amazing impact. 
so the run can have amazing impact on I, I on I know the runner and the writer, but also the families involved. Um, like I just I I am so full of stories. It's hard for me sometimes to to pick a specific one, but there are two really specific ones that come to mind that were so impactful to me that it is hard for me to talk with about them without becoming emotional. So if I become emotional, just bear with me. So the first one was <clears throat> when you ran MCM with Kendall Jade in 2017. Because like we had run with you in sunset, she had enjoyed herself so much, we had decided that yes, we had to bring this to our area. Eric had texted you, you know, let us know if you have any other runs that you're not set to push anybody else and and we'll try to make it there. We came to Rock and Roll Virginia Beach. That's the first time I met Joe and then Leanne. And then we ended up going to TLM. You guys came to our hotel room at TLM. You guys had a special picture for Kendall. It was a picture of the day that we all first met in, in Sunset. It's like a little canvas print. And you guys presented it to her. And then we were talking about, you know, what are some milestone races? Like, what are some experiences that you think riders really should have if they're capable? And one of them you said was Marine Corps. And so I was like, okay, let's do Marine Corps. And and we we got in and we did our fundraising and all this kind of stuff. And And we didn't know that you were training with an injury. Like you had a hernia, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And 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 you were pushing yourself and training for this. And 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 I didn't know that you had that injury. And then I'm watching these videos, like as a, as an ambassador, I'm, you know, going through the training program, I'm watching all the YouTube videos, and there is a specific one about Marine Corps Marathon, and you filmed it with Ainsley, and you talked about how you know, for you, even having two broken legs, you're going to make sure that Ainsley crosses that finish line. And then you said you didn't know if you would ever do that race without Ainsley. And then you did it. I mean, she was with you, but you did it pushing Kendall Jade with an injury and you made sure she finished, she crossed the finish line. And then I find out that you were injured afterwards and the magnitude of your self-sacrifice so that my daughter could become a marathoner was just so overwhelming like I couldn't even talk when I left the race that day <laughs> I was so overcome because you made that happen for her and then you sent me the video afterwards of you requesting the um, soldier the marine to put the medal on her neck and then I just cried and cried again because it was so significant to me and it was not lost your 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 sacrifice was not lost and then to know that you would do that with Kendall, knowing how special that race was for Ainsley and how emotional it was for Lori and that Lori would be there to support me through that race, even though it's so emotional for her. That was so self-sacrificing of her as well. And that is also not lost on, on me. And so I feel like, I feel like any time that I have spent time with your family, I can feel the love that you have for Ainsley because you share that love with Kendall and with us and with other people like her. And we're, I'm just so thankful for that as Kendall Jade's mom and as an ambassador and, and all of these things. So that was, that was the first one. 
Yeah, yes, a lot. <clears throat> I I hear it, and I am um, grateful for the story, and I um, have a lot to say in response to that. But uh, I'll let you tell your second story. <clears throat> the second one was well, it was right. It started right before Marine Corps because we had come to your house in 2017 for Rock and Roll Virginia Beach. It was the second time we'd come. Kendall had been really sick. We almost didn't come. I texted you and told you I didn't think we should come. And you said, if you don't come down here and have a good time, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we're going to go. It's going to be fine. And, and, um, and it was fine. But we were in the living room. It was Briley, Lori, myself, and Kendall. Kendall was laying on Ainsley's little mattress on the floor. Lori and I had been painting our toenails. We're all just chatting. Briley had recently started running again. And I had mentioned that I noticed it on her Facebook page. And we got to talking about her running. And I asked her if she had ever run a half marathon. And she told me how she had been training to run one with, one with Ains, but then hadn't been able to complete the training. And so she had never done one, but she was thinking of doing one. And I said, oh, what one are you thinking of doing? And she's like, well, TLM. And I go, oh, we're going to be at TLM. That'd be really cool. And she looks at me and she goes, well, I was going to wait to tell you, but I think this is our moment. And I go, are you going to push Kendall Jade in your very first half marathon? And she's like, yeah, that's okay. And then I'm crying and she's teary. And then the months leading up to that, knowing that she's doing that training so that she can do that with Kendall and that you, you're guiding her in that and helping support her in that dream. And then to do that race together, you told me you thought it was the one of the best races you'd ever seen Kendall have. She was awake the whole time. She was cheery. And then there are pictures of them crossing, like approaching the finish line. And Briley is leaned down looking over the chair at Kendall and Kendall's head is turned up looking at her. And the two of them are just looking at each other as they share that moment. That was just so, <sighs> sometimes there just aren't words for the, for the depth of feeling that it caused me to have. There just aren't words. So, and then I know that that's one of Briley's favorite moments too. Like she shared it on a Spotlight Saturday episode and then she shared it again during her podcast. And that just makes it even more significant to me to know that it has that significance for her as well. Yeah, um, yeah, your daughter has played a significant role in many lives, but those two stories in particular, while you made the first story about my self-sacrifice and you made the second story about, you know, the impact that it had uh, on Briley's life and, and her trajectory, I will tell you at the end of the day, like Kendall's ability to just um, with her energy and her presence uh, take I don't know. I, I don't even want to say fill voids because that's just not fair. What you're saying about sometimes there's no words to describe it. It's that's where I'm at with it, which doesn't happen every day. You have to remember the timing in which Kendall Jade entered my life was literally uh, 58 days before Ainsley passed away. So I'm not saying that like Kendall Jade replaced Ainsley in any way, but I am going to say that there were moments that I did go on to experience that perhaps I had visions of experiencing those moments with Ainsley in the physical, such as Briley running her first half marathon, such as another Marine Corps marathon. 
and to do those with Kindle and then to do races with Kindle at, at Marine Corps, I mean, at uh, TLM and, and Sunset, again, at the risk of sounding like Kendall Jade filled the void or like replaced Ainsley, that's not what I'm getting at. But I'm grateful that she entered my life when she did because she provided opportunities that I thought maybe I wouldn't see after February 23rd of 2016. So know that it's a mutual friendship that gave all of us joy. Thank you. Hey, Joe. You're a co-host of the podcast. Would you like to participate? <laughs> well, I'm just taking it all in on uh, your guys' experiences, uh, you know, your family experiences. But, yeah, I think that, like you said, yeah, Kendall entered your life at, at the right time. Because I think back to the race on Saturday in Virginia Beach after Ainsley passed, and we've had I think we've talked about it on the podcast, but we've had conversations over the years about it. Like you didn't know that day, like what your running career with riders was going to be. And we had that race uh, in Virginia beach. And then what two or the next week, two weeks or a week later, we, you, me and Terry went down for a run with your heart. And there's still some, you know, uncertainty of your, you know, running career and where that was going to go. But, you know, running those races and then linking up with Kendall and seeing the joy that riders continue to bring to you, you know, you quickly, I don't say quickly, I mean, you know, month or so later, like, realize, like, you have to keep keep going. Um, and I think that had such a positive impact on your life, because if, if you would have went the other way. We wouldn't be here today having this conversation with Christy. Don't know where the organization would be. We would not be trying to foster all inclusive communities across the country. So, you know, I'm glad, you know, personally, professionally that that you took that that leap to continue moving forward and, and grateful that Kendall was able to play a big role in that. Yeah, that's the bottom line, man. You nailed it. Yeah. Just entered my life and became a ripple is what she did. And her mom will say, no, you've done so much for her. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I'll accept that. You're welcome. But I don't even want to say you're welcome because the amount of impact she's had for me and us. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I mean, I, I think it was with, um, Christy, where we talked about like, you know, anytime a caregiver tells me, you know, thank you for, you know, pushing my, you know, child or whatnot, I say, yeah, it's an honor. And like, I've had those similar conversations with Laura Schuler about, you know, pushing Gavin, um, specifically at Marine Corps Marathon where, you know, Kevin was overseas or, or something, you know, and like those being able to to step in and be Kevin, you know, for um, significantly less time than Kevin would have been Kevin uh, in those particular races, um, you know, helped that family and allowed Gavin to still do what he he did. I mean, just earlier today, Laura and I had a conversation about pushing Gavin uh, at a future race because Kevin will be overseas. So um, I'm grateful and, and honored that I get to, you know, build such big shoes of, you know, the Kevin, you know, but it's the same thing. The riders impact us to continue to to move forward. So in keeping with PJ's episode 19, impact, 
this is an opportunity for me to just say, Christy, you need to know that Kendall Jade has had great impact on not just me, but frankly, Angels Angels of America. And and you as a mother should be most proud. And and at the same time, you should know that um, had you not been her advocate that that wanted her to experience the pinnacle and, and had you chosen the dark cloud and to become reclusive in your home, that, that none of that none of that would happen. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And then keeping with the, you know, our cycle of for the podcast, right? And the deep dives and the lightheartedness and, and then coming back. And my first time running with Kendall was so impactful. I didn't even have time to tie my shoes. So like it was just <laughs> All right, Joe, go ahead, well, man. And, and technically, that wasn't the first time you ran the same race, even in the same team as Kendall, but it was the first time Rooster allowed you to push the chair. Nope, nope. It, because TLM, he didn't let you push the chair. That's that, that, yes. yes. So <laughs> that was yeah. the race that I didn't have time to tie my shoes. <laughs> so wait. But, You've had plenty of time to time your shoes, and you're just being a gentleman right now. The pace was so slow that you didn't <laughs> need to tie your shoes. I got it. Thank, thank you for your gentlemanhood, Joe. Honestly, I, the reason I probably didn't tie my shoes was because it was so cold that morning. Like It was so cold. I just, I couldn't, I probably couldn't, even with, like, lock laces. I was just like, because that's the morning um that's in the here's a smile video right of us walking where kyle got us uh and we look like polar i don't know what we look like you like there's no you can't see skin because it's just bundled up because it's so cold the saturday morning of the louisiana quarter marathon 5k it's just like so i probably like standing at the start line i probably looked down i was like oh i tie my shoes but like physically like can't move so no i just won't and then yes, you didn't let me push Kendall. I just yeah. started alongside for a quarter marathon. We went to the Ragnar, and you did your first leg with Kendall, and said, "I want you to know, I've officially put Kendall on my list of riders yeah. that I push." And I'm like, "You pushed her in TLM." You're like, "No, no, no." Rooster didn't let me have that. He needed that chair. <laughs> Shout out to Tanya and Reagan. I needed that chair. <laughs> One day when Tanya listens to these podcasts, she'll text me when she hears that. <laughs> what a journey that was a ride joe i don't know where we're at on time but i feel like we're getting close to that mark where we need to to tie into the conclusion spot um you've listened to the all of our episodes christy so i'm going to throw you the question what is going to be your weekly word going into the weeks ahead that you're going to carry with you so i use this word a lot and i just keep coming back to it and it's illuminate and i feel like it ties particularly into this week going forward because uh you mentioned a recent incident with declan earlier in the podcast and where he a comment was made about um you know his his uh preferences for for his personal style and my response to that and then I decided to share my response with others. And, and we've gotten a lot, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback from that. That's not why I shared it, but because I want to illuminate. Yes. I would like, so I need you to, you got to fill in the blank. What is preference for personal styles? Just in layman's so, term, what did he do? 
Declan likes to likes his toenails painted. He likes his toenails painted. We it was a fluke that we discovered it, and then there was a sleepover. He was the only boy. The girls were doing their makeup and painting their toenails. He asked me, could he do it? I said, sure. You know, with just the neighborhood kids in the backyard having a, a camp out. And he decided he really liked the way it looked. So he's continued to have me paint his toenails for the last couple of months. And then he went to school or he mm-hmm. was with friends and somebody decided to point that out. They did. And, and they didn't understand that you know, it's, it's not a big deal, but they, they told him that he was gay and that made him feel really badly. And I, when he shared that with me, my heart hurt for him because he's only eight and he's already feeling pressure from others to assimilate to what they think is, is right or wrong. And so he told me that it made him feel idiotic. And so I kind of sat for a few minutes and I gathered myself and I told him, I said, well, first of all, I want you to remember some of my favorite people in this whole world also happen to be gay. And, and he said, I know. And I said, okay. So when those kids said that to you, they thought they were trying to insult you, but that's not an insult at all. And then the conversation kind of just went on from there about how um, these kids are, are mimicking what they see and hear, whether it's at home, from friends, on, on social media, the internet, YouTube, whatever. Um, they're mimicking things and they're questioning things that they think are different and they think it's wrong because it's different from what they do. And, you know, in the end, he decided, well, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep painting my toenails because I told him I would support him in either way, that he could take the polish off his toes and maybe nobody would say anything else or he could keep painting it if he thought it looked nice and and whatever I'm going to support him either way and he said well you know I don't think I really care that much about what they think I'm going to keep painting him and I said okay and um you know I I finished my post with you know I know this isn't over I ask him every day how his day at school was and now I have something else to worry about that he'll say happened or didn't happen um or that you know he'll reach a point where he doesn't tell me what kids are saying because he's worried about what the outcome might be or, or the effect. But, um, you know, and my, and my post wasn't about, my post wasn't about hating on the school or even hating on those children. It's just people realizing that just because something's different doesn't make it bad. Doesn't make it wrong. I mean, I'm 46 years old. And when I was a child, there were only two people classified for having long hair and that was women and then, you know, metalheads and, and, you know, the, the hoods, as we called them when I was in school. And when I was in, when I was a kid, it was not socially acceptable for boys to really have their ears pierced. And then they could have one pierced, but not two pierced. But now people, I mean, now men have ears pierced and they wear their hair all different lengths and they get perms and they get their hair colored and it's perfectly acceptable. So, you know, it's, it's just funny to watch how these things um, progress and how times change and how things that weren't acceptable have become acceptable, but then it's painful to see your child suffering for something that five years down the road now will probably be more acceptable. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all the details of that. And um, you have gotten a lot of, you have illuminated an issue and you have got a lot of feedback mm-hmm. and I, I can see why illuminate is the word you picked. 
So good word. Thanks. Joe. Joe, you got a word? I don't have a word and and like and I, I apologize, Christy. Um I guess for me, I didn't see that post and, and I'm I'm sorry that in Declan's going through that and, and you as a family is going through that, but like I, I don't know, that like that hurt me as as a friend and as a parent, you know, Owen just turned five, so I'm like in three years, like like you said, hopefully we're accepting all of these things, but I fear that in three years we we won't be. Um, just hopefully I'm wrong, but it's just like that that when I think of someone being eight and being put in that situation, I'm like at eight, what like all I cared about was like Legos. I don't know, I don't remember that you know thirty years ago, but it just seems so young, and I hate that like that word was thrown out, and then he felt idiotic like that's just my like my heart hurt like hearing that story and and i'm you know i'm sorry that that he's going through that but i'm glad that he's able to persevere and illuminate and you know all the other word weekly words we can come up with for that situation uh but yeah that's that's tough i feel feel for the little dude thank you so, like, trying to end on a positive note because we keep going into some deep dives here in this episode. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go here and say, you know, Drew Dudley came up with this idea of leading with lollipops, and that's exactly what Christy did in this situation. Like, she showed up, and in the moment of having that conversation with Declan, she shaped his outlook on the way ahead. Like, had she handled that any differently, like, could have been like, who are those kids, and damn the school, and 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 took a, an aggressive approach like that was that's what he would have remembered but what he remembered was the loving and accepting way and the way that her mom taught him how to take in what people say and process it and to turn it into living your life frankly unapologetically which is what I talked about earlier right and Dudley says to lead with lollipops Christy you gave your son a lollipop that day and and one day, I think he's going to probably come back to you and say, Mom, you remember that when I was eight and you said this? That has stuck with me for all of my years. That's leadership. That's parenthood. That is amazing quality, Christy. And so bravo, Christy High. Bravo. Thank you. Christy, what do you want to leave us with? Make experiences, right? And um, find those people that make you feel as Christy Cormier so, you know, succinctly put it, that make you feel like there is nothing better than sharing the same space. Because that's what we're doing here today. And when we are sharing the same space, um, you know, Lori referred to it as find people who make you feel sexy. I don't know if I think you guys make me feel sexy, but you make me feel good about myself. You make me feel good about myself as a friend, as a mother, as a leader in Ainsley's Angels. Um, and as you know, just find those people who do that for you and um, and share that space with them as often as you can. Uh, you know what? I, I got, got enough. Time. He's in charge. <laughs> we're done. This was good. Yeah, we're done here. <laughs> uh, the structure of this building has reached its capacity. Find your people. And if they make you feel sexy, even better. <laughs>